This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show, Jets at Noon, teeing up, getting set to tee up the home opener here at Canada Life Center tomorrow. Free game gets going at uh, 1 o'clock, puck drop at 3 right here on 680-CJOB, your radio home of the Winnipeg Jets. Jim, Jim Toth, how you doing? Good day, Cameron. Happy Friday. Happy home opener tomorrow. Moose game tonight. Home opener. Hockey, hockey, hockey. I'm doing well. Yada, yada, yada. Let's get to the weekend. Let's get to the weekend, of course. And today, uh, being Friday, means it's free-for-all Friday. Free-for-all! Drinks are on me! 204780. One sentence I've never said. I've never said that either. Actually, there was one time I did, and it was like a big mistake. It's a huge mistake. Yeah, you get carried away. I was I was at uh, a bar once, and somebody won a thousand bucks on the VLTs. Yeah. So they said next round on me. It's like now you now you got nothing. Like, nothing. At the end of it, he had like th- it was like six hundred bucks. I've only won one fifty fifty in my whole career. It was covering the Grand Prairie Storm, and it was like nine hundred and fifty six dollars. And I said, steak sandwiches for all of us in the press box. Now, keep in mind, an Alberta Junior Hockey League game has maybe three people in the press box, including myself. Yeah. But I was like, steak sandwiches for the... But on the way after the game, I stopped off and put $600 in my drawer because I'm like, I can't... This will be gone by the morning. Silly. I can't manage myself an hour from now. 204-780-68. So send us a text. We'll talk anything you guys want to talk about in the world of the National Hockey League. We'll even talk some bombers. There's a, a, a an important game going on later today. The Hamilton Tiger Cats hosting the BC Lions. The Tiger Cats, if they win that game and BC loses, well, that means that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to be hosting the West Final here at IG Field in November. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. You ever you want, win a 50-50? Never. No. Never. I don't even play 50-50. No. No. I don't mind. It goes to minor hockey and stuff. Well, the odds of, well, I mean, I'm playing. Oh, the odds are. What are the odds if there's, and now it's online as well. So I'm, I don't gamble. I'm too cheap. I hate losing. This whole show is a gamble, man. Your career is gambling by being on this show. That's true. That's a very good point. Um, But monetary, I guess. Monetarily. Yeah. I just like seeing five bucks. It's like, so you're you're the bizarro world, Skylar Peters. (laughs) You never gamble. And he's like, I've played that clip from casino. Uh, To him many times, you know, where Joe Pesci's sitting there. It's like, tell me you gambled that money. Tell me. <laughs> you got kids at home. You got the heat on. You know, get the heat on. You gambling degenerate you. That scene, I've played that for him several times. I've had to beep it out. I've come into the newsroom and heard Skyler Peters whisper to either Kyle Milroy or Jeff Braun, five bucks as Toth takes his jacket off before turning the computer on. 204-780-6868. Neil Pionk is going to be joining us. We have that confirmed. Uh, if not in the next uh, few minutes, he's going to be joining us at 1230. The Jets are coming off uh, of practice, so uh, we await uh, and are looking forward to speaking to Winnipeg Jets defenseman Neil Pionk when he uh, when he joins the show. 204-780-6868, free-for-all Friday. This one from Neil. He says, hi, guys. You guys are having fun. Yes, we are, Neil. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, any updates on Ehlers? Yes, he was at practice today. Uh, this per uh, Mitchell Clinton as well as Kelly Moore, uh, 680CJV Sports Director, of course, um, uh, radio voice of uh, radio analyst, uh, color analyst on 680CJV, uh, Mitchell Clinton uh, tweeted this, uh, tweeted it out about the line rushes. They are absolutely identical uh, to the game in Calgary. Um, Connor Shifley, Velarde, 
Niederreiter, Perfetti, Ehlers, Iofalo, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Kupari, Nemesnikov, Gustafson, the 13th uh, forward, followed by Morrissey, DeMello, Sandberg, Pionk, uh, Dylan Schmidt, and then uh, Stanley and Chisholm, the year seven and eight, and then Connor Hallebach, all that, all that stuff. But Ehlers was a participant at practice today. I uh, was out there a little bit earlier before practice even began, so uh, sure seems like uh, Nick Ehlers is doing okay. Jim, were you a little worried about him? I was, yeah. And I'm worried about him tomorrow and, and going forward. Um, from what I saw, I, look, I, I said he wasn't horrific or anything, but he looked yeah. like a guy who hadn't been on the ice during training camp. And and so I was concerned about But the way he ended the game and nursing something, I thought he was playing like he was nursing something. Um, it's just not a great way to start the season, right? And I don't, I don't think he's in danger of anything or else I wouldn't have him out there. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I'm... They need him, and they need him to be healthy, and I know he wants to be healthy. So this was good news to me because I, I the way that game finished in Calgary on Wednesday, I was like, oh, oh I wonder if he re-aggravated something or how he's doing. So neck spasms, right? Might be something he has to play through, through the, throughout the season. Who knows? Yeah, this one from Darren, 204-780-6868. Hey, guys, no suspension for Pierre-Luc Dubois for that knee-on-knee, that opening game against uh, Colorado. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, when I did see it, I, I don't like any situation like that. I, I don't know. I don't, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois is a guy who plays the game tough. I think a lot of people have, we've seen a lot of Pierre Luc Dubois. I'm not sure he would in, intentionally do something That's like that. That's not tough, though. Leaving your knee out. Uh, I saw you think it. it was an I intentional? watched it. Um, yeah, I do. I think he had an, even if he kept his knee straight and kept going and there's contact, I'm fine with that. I think he put it out there a little bit. And that's, that's not, I hate that. That's awful. Yeah. Maybe I mean, the it, it, like, it, here. It, he wanted to, it looked like he was going to not get a piece of him, so he extended to get a piece of him. You can't do that. That was kind of the conversation was if he was suspended for two games, he would have missed, of course, the upcoming game with, with Los Angeles here in Winnipeg, uh, part of this uh, homestand um, uh, coming up here. So that obviously, he's going to be here. He's going to be uh, with the uh, LA Kings, barring uh, something else happening, of course, when, when things get going here. Uh, in Winnipeg on uh, Tuesday, coming up on the 17th. 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. This is from Eli. Hi, Jim and Cam. Do the digital ads on the boards on TV broadcasts bother you as much as they bother me? They don't bother me at all because I'm listening on 680 CJOB. Yeah. I'm listening on the radio. So yeah. that something like that wouldn't, wouldn't bother me. I do both. I got it on and I got the earpiece in. That's exactly how I do it, too. Yeah. I look like a NASA guy. Uh, Eli says it hurts my eyes. It makes the game almost unwatchable. Well, Eli, it's not going anywhere. There's no way that this is going to change. It did bother me at the start. I've gotten now used, to I'm used to it. Yeah, used to same it with too. the boards yeah. that moved and stuff. He, you remember? Oh, sorry, not the boards. The ads that were at the end of the rink above the net on the glass, and it looked like it was on the glass in the game, but it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Those bothered me at the start too, but now I'm just used to it. Uh, this texture says, what can the Jets do to improve their face-off performance? Um, well, they just need more experience. Cole Perfetti needs more experience on the dot going up against more people, more other centers, learning tendencies, watching film. That That's the only way that that's going to improve. Uh, this is the million-dollar question. This is something that has plagued this team for um, seasons, like yeah. multiple. Uh, it's weird, right, because the, the person – Adam Lowry, who's very decent, very good, probably the best faceoff man over the past couple of years. You saw Kevin Stenland used in so many yes. uh, in so many situations because uh, he was able to win faceoffs. Whatever in, hand in he is, they yeah. couldn't win that hand. Yeah, so they would put him over there and get him off the ice right away at the end of the season just yeah. to win a faceoff. 
there are people who don't believe in face-offs. There are people who think it's not as important as it, it should be, but they're, they're necessary. I just look at that Calgary game. They're necessary. Uh, when you needed a face-off after that icing, um, it resulted in the game-winning goal. That's mm-hmm. how important they can be. And in general, we've said this before, last season we discussed this at length, but I just it doesn't matter what kind of weight you put on it. it there's just a, the, the most primal level of thinking is you, you do more with the puck. You need the puck. So yeah. win, get the puck. So for every stat you can find that shows the success of having won the face-off, you can find one that says, well, nothing bad happened when they lost it this many times. Just, I just look, win faceoffs. If you can win the majority of the faceoffs, you'll have the puck more. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand that, that talk. Okay, maybe there, there, there perhaps isn't, uh, you know, a massive correlation in terms of winning and winning faceoffs, but getting the puck and, and having control over the puck, it, it's just, it's just a positive. The Jets finished last year in 22nd uh, in the league in faceoffs at 48.8%. And there was a point when they were much further down. They started to win some faceoffs. Uh, as the game, uh, as things went on there. But um, this texture says, uh, Hi guys, I believe the Oilers are an elite goalie away from winning the Stanley Cup. What would a deal look like if they were to acquire Connor Hellebuck? Thanks. There is we just no, discussed this. There is no deal for the Winnipeg Jets at this moment that I could ever foresee, except for Connor McDavid being involved in that trade. What about, this was suggested by one of our listeners, Leon Dreisaitl. No. Hellebuck there is no and Jansen trade. Harkins to Edmonton for six days a week, yes, Cam. But today, free for all Friday, ah, I'll think about it. I, I hope this, the listener, and I always appreciate your text message because then we get to have this fun conversation and we get to have it on air and, and it's always a blast. Um, but I hope that this text isn't pushed because Connor Hellebuck let in four goals. First of all, if there was a trade there, it would have happened. Second of all, the Oilers are not going to give you anything but futures because I agree with you. They could win the Stanley Cup with much better goaltending, but they're not going to give you anything off this Stanley Cup ready roster in order to get better goaltending. You're going to weaken the roster. It's the age old debate, which I think led to the contracts for Shifley and Hellebuck was... Yeah, I think teams were willing to give you a whole bunch of futures. The huge issue with the Oilers, too. But you don't have a goalie right now other than Laurent Brassois. For the probably three or yeah. four years, and you're not going to get anything that's going to help you win over the next three years when you're dealing Connor Hellebuck. The Oilers have been desperate for depth down the line, so they're not going to be giving something like that up. Like they're and not going to send you Ryan Nugent up. Hopkins even no. because they need Ryan Nugent Hopkins to for depth to help them win the Stanley Cup. They're desperate for depth. They're desperate for guys on the blue line, so that's what you would want to come back. And the Oilers just they just don't. It's just not available. They, it would be it would be silly for them to do that sort of trade because it would just weaken other areas. So I, I, I agree that the what Oilers if, are to lead goaltender away, we but I, I don't think that there is, I don't think that there is any deal. We got a call, but okay. we'll get it. I mean, if Billy Huso in Detroit deal. or somebody was available, then I could see something like that. Free but. for all Friday, 204-780-6868. Gord, we only got about two minutes. What's up, Gordy? Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing Good. great. How are you? Great. Uh, just going into the, well, this is the long way down the road. If we do make the playoffs, mm-hmm. I can't see our defense being big enough, strong enough, or just tough enough to go as long as you have to go to grind it out to eventually win a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I I think that there's more than one way to win. Um, I I, I think that there was a lot of talk following that series 
against Montreal, where Montreal's big, strong defenseman really took it to the Jets. And there sort of seemed to be this uh, idea that that was the only way to sort of move forward. I, I, I don't think you need to have big, massive uh, guys with uh, guys on the blue line to win. I, I think you got to have blue liners that are positionally sound, uh, and put their uh, get their points up and get the puck out of the zone. I think that that's more important. Um, uh, I don't know. You can be positionally sound, but uh, personally, I mean, you look at Vinny Hanala. I mean, give it the kid credit where it's due, but uh, you know, and it may have been just a freak accident, but you know what? Uh, I could not see him lasting, you know, 20 games in a playoff, a hard playoff. You look at a Boston Bruins, I mean, anybody with a large wingers coming in, it just seems, it, it seems like a stretch in my mind. But Here, Here's my counter to this all, the, the question all the time. Kale McCarr is 5'11", 187 pounds. How? He's the size of your average 13-year-old. Well, that's not quite. Yeah, well, and he's the best defenseman yeah. in the league. So I don't disagree with your point in that I do think you need two or three really big physical defensemen. I don't think you need six of them. And I think if you can play the game and add some offense and be positionally sound, you can get away with smaller defensemen. Brendan Dillon is a massive man. Yeah, Josh uh, Morrissey six one one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan DeMello six two, Sandberg six. And if you look at Stanley, I mean, Logan Stanley for the size of that guy, if a winger is going in, if they dump a puck in, and Logan Stanley is going in, that guy should not be getting up off the ground. To be honest, I mean, I don't know. I just look in my mind. You look at Vegas the way they run. Yeah, the way they won the series. Yeah. I'm just going to read this no. off for you. Nate Schmidt, yeah. six feet, one ninety-two. Dylan Sandberg, six four, two sixteen. Neil Pionk, six feet, one ninety. Josh Morrissey, six feet, one ninety-five. Brendan Dillon, six four, two twenty-five. Dylan Demello, six one, one ninety-four. Logan Stanley, six seven, two thirty-one. Declan Chisholm, six one, one ninety. I don't think size is an issue on this defense. Gord, you got ten seconds to give you the final word. Yeah, well, we'll see what time, what happens if we get there, guys. Hopefully yeah. Okay, the I'm with you on that one, Gord. Uh, let's take a break. I let's appreciate come it, back. Gord. Thanks, man. Neil Pionk's going to be uh, jumping on the show at 1230, so Gord, don't go anywhere. Make sure you're listening to that. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back, Sports Minute, and uh, Neil Pionk when we, when we return. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Mix of sun and cloud once again today and a similar high to what we've seen the last couple of days, 13 degrees in the forecast. Tonight, partly cloudy, still staying above freezing, low of 2. Tomorrow, mix of sun and cloud, high of 12. Sunday, sunny and a high of 14. Right now, 13 at 680 CJOB as we send it back to Free For All Friday. It's Jets at noon. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. Well, Free For All Friday is going to take a bit of a pause. He's amped up. He's ready to go for the home opener. Yeah, 1 o'clock pregame show, Hollywood 3 Peters. o'clock puck drop tomorrow. Canada Life Center, the Winnipeg Jets, welcoming the Florida Panthers. And online with us right now is Winnipeg Jets defenseman Neil Pionk. Neil, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, welcome back to the show, Neil. It was just over a year ago we you sat down with us with Nate Schmidt at uh, training camp. So good to have you back on the program. We'll try and not make it a year again. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> now we're going to call him. Again. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should have had your own show after that day, by the way. Uh, we got was, some texts that, like, those two need their own show. That was a good one. Yeah, no, we, we go back and forth a lot. 
So, I mean, uh, let's look back at the game against the Flames. Uh, would you read what your head coach and Shifley and, and Kyle Connor uh, spoke about? Uh, you know, good effort, but just falling short? Yep, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, sometimes you play really good and and, uh, and you lose, and sometimes you play really bad and you win. Um, so that's just, that was one of those games. Uh, we take that blueprint over 82 games, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that with you, Neil, because that was our takeaway on it. And most of the listeners who've been texting in since Wednesday and stuff said the same thing. Like, obviously disappointed with the loss, but the system, the new guys in the lineup, um, how you played up and down the ice, the five-on-five play, just if you could harness that. And and you guys, uh, although disappointed with the loss, were you happy with the way it looked? Like, is this the way you want it to look uh, systems-wise as you go in throughout this season? For the most part, yeah. I'd say, you know, 85 90% of that was exactly what we wanted. Um, of course, a few mistakes here and there that, you know, the other team's got good players too. So we watched a few uh, clips in practice today, right before practice, and uh, we'll correct those and, and get after it tomorrow. What are some of those things that, that were highlighted? Well, just the odd turnover, the missed assignments in the D zone, um, little forechecking stuff. Again, not major details, but uh, there were a couple of systematic mistakes that we had, um, myself included. So we just clean those things up and, and keep trying to get better every day. What do you make of the uh, Florida Panthers coming in here? I mean, quite the run they went on last year, but this is a new year. They just got shut out in Florida. Did you see the game, and and what are some of the intricacies you'll be focusing on when you face Florida tomorrow? I did not see the game, but uh, I watched a little bit of their playoff run. I mean, they're resilient. Um, mm-hmm. There's not really a quit in them. You see in the overall season last year, they they were out of the playoffs for a lot of the year, and, and they found a way to get in. So um, that's a resilient team. So, uh, you know, whether we're up or down tomorrow, you know they're going to push back regardless. Um, any sort of still excitement playing your former coach or is, is that already long gone? No, there's, there's always an excitement. Obviously it's been a couple of years now and we played against a couple of times already, but mm. yeah, there's always a little excitement there. You yeah. get a goal tomorrow, then you skate by the bench. And, hey, Mo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, did you see the, the fire stick there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. uh, what, what's it been like playing with Sandberg? I mean, you guys just had a couple of preseason games, practice and stuff like that. One game under your belt. How's that been so far? It's been good. It's been fun to yeah. watch his confidence grow. Um, I think even since he first came in the league a couple of years ago, um, and everyone's kind of that way. You know, you want to make the right play, so you kind of hesitate with the puck, or you kind of panic with the puck more than hesitate. And uh, to watch his confidence grow with the puck and hang on to it for a half second longer, maybe a couple seconds longer, it's been it's been fun to watch. He's he's a big body that can move, and, and he's a smart player too. Is that the biggest thing that that you've taken away from him so far? Is confidence, or is there any other parts of his game that you've been impressed with? The biggest thing is confidence. I mean, um, you know, you go watch his first five, ten games, and there's a couple of panic plays like like every rookie has, like I had. Um, and then once you get over that hump, you get into 40, 50, 60 games, and then you carry that into this year. Um, he, he's playing great uh, through training camp. Uh, obviously, the first game is pretty good, so he, he carries the puck a little bit longer and, and makes the right play. Uh, during our broadcast, I was listening here on 680 CJOB, and you two were referred to as the Hermantown 2. Do you like that handle? Should we expect some T-shirts? Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, we both grew up playing uh, for Hermantown High School, so and Hermantown Youth Hockey is a youth hockey uh, organization. So, uh, yeah, we'll take it. Any, any connections back uh, outside Duluth there between the two of you? Uh, between the two of us, like back home? Yeah, like, I mean, just outside of the fact that you both played for the same high school. Well, we, he just bought a place on the lake that I live on. Uh, we both live on Ivan Lake. I don't know if you can work something that in there, but um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of other connections. Yeah, that's about it. Um, 
Yeah, that's all I can think about off the top of my head. <laughs> the Hermantown 2, now we got to come up with the, the Island Lake Demons or something like that. That's right, that's right. There goes the neighborhood, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, what, what are your goals for this season, Neil? And, and what are you hoping to get accomplished? You know, I know, I know you're a team first guy and, and it's all about making the playoffs and then going from there, but any goals for yourself as we head into this season? Goals for myself, help the team win a Stanley cup. It's pretty simple. Um, I'll play whatever I'll play anywhere. Uh, I, and I can play to the best of my ability. Um, if that helps us get in, um, don't really care what my personal numbers are. It's about winning. Um, looking at your, your game uh, last year, I mean, you really rounded into and, and you really had a great playoffs. Um, when you're looking back at, at last year, what do you take away? Well, you take away, if you look at the whole entire season, um, we came out of the gates flying. We had a chip on our shoulder, right? So come out of the gates flying, and we had a we had a really good run until Christmas. And then Christmas, we hit a wall. Um, so that's kind of where the lessons were learned. Um, 82 games doesn't really matter who you're playing, when you're playing them. Um, you got to carry that consistency throughout 82 games. And again, you're not going to win every game. Nobody's ever gone 82 and all. So you got to find a way to win. Uh, you got to find a way to get to 100 points. That's kind of the magic number to get in the playoffs. And um, I think we're a little below that last year. Still found a way to get in, but we got to continue that uh, that resiliency and that consistency throughout the year. So that's a lesson learned for us. Uh, where, where do you think team chemistry is at right now? I mean, that was a big thing that Bonus has been talking about through camp. Said it several times. I think it's fantastic. Um, we had a nice little fishing trip as a team during training camp. Um, got together, had some dinner together. Um, now we get the first road trip. We had a team dinner on the road trip. So the chemistry is good right now. Along those lines, I remember you and, and Nate, when you sat down with us, you said you had a chip on your shoulder. You didn't make the playoffs. Like players talk and, and, and you all felt, and, and most of the NHL knew you guys were a better team than a non-playoff team. Um, and, and we kind of saw that through this season. What's it like with the changes? I mean, every team has changes every single offseason, but these were some major ones with, with Pierre-Luc Dubois going out, Blake Wheeler, and now you have these three guys come in from L.A. and they're, they're big parts of it. Um, you know, we in the media sit here and pick and choose and sort of speculate about what change is big enough or not, but players know what is a big change, what's a small change. And Is it fair to say there weren't small changes but um, and how they are working out? How, do you, how does the chemistry feel and look early on? Yeah, certainly a big change. Um, you know, Doobie was a big part of our team. Great guy. We'll miss him on and off the ice, but, you know, it's, it's pro sports. Um, we have to move on. So we accept these these three guys with open arms. We get to know them as fast as we can. Some guys knew each other previously, um, so that helps. We can integrate them with the team. But I think that's the best way to do it is, is off-ice uh, activities, whatever it is. Like I said, we did a team fishing trip, a team dinner. You get to know each other. Um, you build that chemistry with your line mates, your D pairs, and then as a team you come together. So, yeah, it was a big change, um, but we're all professionals. Most of us have, we've been through trades. You know, our best friends have been traded away or traded to us, so we're, we're used to handling this kind of stuff. Uh, is you mentioning those new guys coming in, uh, big change. Is, is it change anything uh, s- systemically within the team, like in terms of what systems you play, or or is it still the, the style that, that Rick Bonus was uh, getting you guys to play or, or, or trying to get you guys to play yesterday? Or last that's year, I should boss, say. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the boss's call. I just do what he says. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, no, we don't, we didn't change a whole lot um, systematically. Um, you know, there's a couple things that those guys bring that they can do individually, but as far as the team system goes, we didn't change a whole lot. This homestand is, is early in the season. There's three games, but it's against, you know, the, the Florida Panthers who went to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, L.A. is one of the, the odds-on favorite that, that people are speculating about. And then the Knights, you know, are the defending champs. So what does it mean to get off to a great start with this three-game homestand and, and really set the tone for home games this year? Well, too, just it's the momentum. Uh, we always want to make our home building a tough place to play. 
uh, going into the road games, those are going to be tough games to win. So if you can flip that and, and take the 41 home games that you have and and make it as hard of a place to play as you can, um, I think that's really important because there's certain buildings around the league that you go into and you're like, oh boy, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough night regardless of what the record is. So we want to set that standard right away. You can feel free to say no comment to this last one, Neil, but will yeah. you or will you not be taking in the Taylor Swift movie tonight? Taylor Swift movie. I didn't even know there was one. Yes. There's your answer. Thank you, Neil. Thank yeah, you. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't know there was a movie, so there you go. There's my answer. There we go. Yes. <laughs> the, the, there's two of us now on the planet that didn't know. <laughs> no idea. I'm sure my wife knows, so I'll hear about it when I get home. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, good luck to not only tomorrow, but uh, for the rest of the year, Neil. Uh, love having you on. We appreciate your time. We look forward to having you back uh, throughout the season. Yeah, appreciate it, Neil. Right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you later. All right, let's uh, – oh, great conversation there with uh, with Neil Pionk. I mean, Jim, your sort of initial takeaways from it. I love I – lo- I mean, like I said, I, yeah. that, that interview with him and uh, Nate stood out to me last year that, um, you know, they were – he's such a down-to-earth guy, but also spoke yeah. adamantly like we have a chip on our shoulder and we know that we didn't accomplish uh, what we wanted to last year by – and, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Neil that, that said a little bit embarrassed they didn't make the playoffs. Like they felt they were better than that. Yeah. And that's the kind of honesty I love talking to Neil and, and players like that to, to come on. Um, but he seems relaxed. He seems like he's ready to go. And and they really, you know, ha- have a good roster here, but it is a different direction. Like we talked about this early in the week. And I said, I know people don't think that, you know, uh, those were big changes. In that room, those were massive changes. And mm-hmm. and I, I uh, he seemed, you know, ready to go down to earth and, and, and ready for the season. So I'm fascinated by how it goes and uh, always appreciate his time and his insight. Yeah, for sure. Um I like what he was talking about with, with Dylan Sandberg, because I think that that is certainly a big change that you've seen. It's like Dylan Sandberg, he came in last year and I, and I think Neil Pionk has done a really great job in, in sort of being that sort of veteran presence with him yeah. this, this season, you know, because obviously him taking this next step into the, into the second line, uh, you know, paired up with Neil Pionk. I mean, that's, that's going to be more minutes. That's going to be tougher opponents. And, you know, and, and I understand, you know, Sandberg was fighting for a job last year, right? He was in he was in deep competition uh, to win that that sixth spot on on the blue line. He got it, and I can sort of see that from him. Exactly what what Neil Pionk was saying that 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 confidence that that's there with him, right? You know what's interesting is it doesn't matter if you're Dylan Sandberg and or or your first round pick or you're yeah. undrafted like Neil. Yeah, there comes a point where you just have to relax, right? Like it's it's you're getting this career and and Neil would know firsthand. He you know University of Minnesota Duluth Hartford Wolfpack then got on with the Rangers undrafted player. But I, I like that comment he had about Sandberg too that you know he just you know fits in. There's that old adage right that even in in the NHL you're a rookie. But once you hit the 50-60 game mark in that first season, and especially if you get to the playoffs, you're not a rookie anymore. No. But that first 30 to 40 games is really, you know, that's where you sort of get have to work through the nerves and, and how fast it is mm-hmm. and, and the mistakes you're making and, and settle in. And so I, I thought that was an interesting comment. Too. I, um, uh, I think the mindset's good, too. I, I, I really do. I, I, I was very impressed with the Winnipeg Jets in their first game. They seem like a team that had been. I mean, yes, they didn't win. They gave up a, a you know, a, an unfortunate goal with a minute and a half remaining. Um, but I, what I saw, Jim, there was was a team that was already invested, and just as just as as Pionk just said, there they had the team chemistry is great. I one hundred percent believe that they looked like that they hit the ground running yesterday. They came out, and that's tough to go into a building like Calgary, a Canadian team versus a Canadian team. And the the Jets took it to him in the first ten minutes and kept the kept you know of course there was they got some penalty trouble at some points particularly in that first period and got let up here but they kept the pedal on 
There's three points I'll make real quick here, but the two yeah. that stood out to me was the start was on the road home opener and and the beautiful ceremony for Chris Snow and the Flames organization. That's a tough thing to to go into, yeah. and I, I literally I said on the show Wednesday I, I expect them to have to you know hold off the flame storm for about ten to twelve minutes of the first period and then settle in. Mm-hmm. They set the tone that stood out to me. The other thing that stood out to me is they never led in that game, but they never got away from their system. Yeah. So even when they they were down, even when they tied it down, tied it down, tied it, um, they never got away. And how how often I've heard from coaches over the years that say you need to play whatever your system is, whether you're up 3-1 or down Mm 3-1. This is a team that hasn't always done that. And I thought on Monday, it's only one game, Mm -hmm. but Neil mentioned that too, right? He said to to take that and and be consistent with it. That's what stood out to me. And the final point was was Paul Edmonds' point on the post game where he said, you know, they never had a lead. I would have loved to seen if they got – paid off with what they did in that first period and how they peppered the power play and Markstrom yeah. with the lead on how they would have played. And I think it would have changed how this outcome went. They were always chasing it and yeah. credit to them. They always tied it, but they never had the lead. I'd be interested to see this team once they do have the lead, which we'll see this season. But those main two things are, are how they came out and, and, you know, took it to the flames as opposed to the other way around. And then how their system never, and their style of play never changed throughout the course of the game, regardless of the score. Let's take a break. 204-780-6868. Free-for-all Friday. Free-for-all Friday. Phone lines are open. 204. Free-for-all! Get on the phones. We already spoke to Gord. Love to hear from you guys as well. Getting some text messages in. We'll uh, make sure we squeeze those in. Free-for-all There goes the neighborhood. Friday. I don't like. Hey, Pionk, you know that Samberg guy that just bought over there? Oh, he's trouble. Jeez. He loves fireworks. I don't know if he does or not. I'm just making stuff up, right? You ever do that when your friend moves into the apartment complex next year? I've done that. Yeah, it's just normal. Ken just... Weeb used to live in my condo block. It's normal. When I moved in, Weber yeah. told everyone, oh, there's a nice guy. You're going to love him and stuff. And then people would say, you know Weber? I'm like, oh, that guy. Nonstop partier. <laughs> Noisemaker. Yeah, he really seems like that kind of guy. Tell 232 to keep it down. 204-780-6868. We'll be right back. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. 204-780-6868. We had Neil Pionk on the show. Uh, if you missed that, you can just download the podcast. Find us wherever you find your podcast. Jets at, at like you're sending an email, Jets at noon. Uh, you'll be able to find us and, and download. We got the boat. We average a real good number. It's really risen, and we're approaching the year. Uh, coming up in November, we will be having the podcast will have been out for a year officially. An anniversary. Next, it'll be an anniversary next an anniversary. next month. We should go to Bailey's. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll that we'll, special night. We should. Yeah. Where, you and I. See that sparkle in your eyes. And Forche, who puts the who podcast. Are, who are useless without. Who um, puts the dilithium crystals in it or whatever you do for Something like that. Yeah. 204 uh, Dom says, to stabilize our deep, Pionk has to have a big year. Well, he was one of those linchpin players that I picked heading into the season, him and Cole Perfetti, who I, f- I felt like how their season unfolded was really going to have a, um, a a real big effect on how the Winnipeg Jets were going to have, we're going to be this season. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he's an important part of the team and we'll have to have a good season. And and I always remember in the playoffs against the Oilers, what he did with Connor McDavid. That was really great. We got a caller uh, on free for all Friday at 780-6868. Yo, Mike, what's up? 
Gentlemen, uh, I'm on my way down to do some scouting for JT for real estate in Hermantown. Should be there in a couple hours, buddy. I'll let you know what I see. Hey, thank you. Uh, <laughs> right, there, go, right, there goes that neighborhood. Find where uh, Sandberg is. Find where Pionk is. Jim wants to be right sure. between them. Well, so we're <laughs> heading down to actually watch the dogs play, and that's where Pionk played. And his younger brother, Aaron, also plays there, and so does my kid. Okay. He's a freshman down there. So this yeah, is Minnesota Duluth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly where we're headed. And awesome. We'll see the peons, so I'll say, I'll say nice thing to the parents for you. Uh, quick, uh, quick comment on the Jets game. Just, uh, just wanted to touch on that real fast. That was really unfortunate for the guys because I, I thought they really outplayed Calgary. They outshot them. They had way more possession. A little disappointing that we lost a couple of guys. I don't know how you lose a guy on a power play so wide open as Anderson was. That was really too bad. Um, yeah. Couple of missed assignments, like Neil said. That's uh, that's unfortunate. But man, if, the way we were moving that puck around and snapping it around, unbelievable. And just a, a quick last comment on the game. I didn't see Alex Iafalo lose a puck battle, and um, I'll be shocked if he loses more than a handful all year. That guy's just tenacious. So, it was it was a, such a beautiful yeah yeah Mike. It was such a beautiful tip. And I went back and I watched every goal when he came onto the team and, and, and he and he was a, a part of the trade with PLD. I went back and watched every goal that he had scored over the past three seasons. And every single one of them was, he's got a real nice wrister from the dot. He gets in front of the net. He's a fantastic at tipping the puck, and that was on display. Well, and, and he's just so aggressive along the wall, too. I don't like he's going to be an asset of digging out pucks. He just seems to out-battle everybody. You know, he's, he's, he's a big guy, but he's not the biggest guy in the world, but yeah, I'm excited to have him there, and uh, you know, I'm super pumped about the Jets with the signing of of, uh, <clears throat> of Connor and uh, and Mark to have these guys with us long term. Uh, let's hope we can turn it around. Yeah, Mike, we'll have to leave it there. Really appreciate the phone call, though. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight. Thanks so much for the call, Mike. You take yeah. care, okay? And safe, safe drive. Drive safe. Enjoy those games. Thanks for calling. Will do. Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, we got, uh, yeah, that, that's going to be it for, for Jets at noon. Real quick here, text message, like very quickly. Any rumblings of whether the Jets will be extending DeMello? That one from Trevor. We'll have to wait and see. DeMello said he's willing to, to resign here. I spoke to him at training camp. He, he wants to stay with the Jets. It just, things have to add up, right? Sometimes you, 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 you just got to wait and see how that goes on. So, but I, I think the Jets are, are, obviously weighing all their options in terms of, of Dylan DeMello. Mike, Mike should sell our idea of the T-shirts, the Hermantown 2, while he's down there. That's all Kelly Moore. That's nothing That's Kelly Moore. Me. Well, give us some, at least 3%, Kelly. Uh, Jim told 3% the ticket. 3% isn't much. All the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time on Monday. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.